This is Harry Ho Football. On today's show, we talk about the latest news about Sean Taylor. And we talk about the Redskins game with the Buffalo Bills, our kick in the ball awards, and our game ball awards, Tom's trivia, the Bears, and much, much more. Live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. Ho, ho, ho. What's up? What's up? Another uh, bad week. For the Washington Redskins and Redskins Nation. Wouldn't it be nice when we can say, we had a great week this week? Wouldn't it be nice when we're like 72 still doing this and we're like, <laughs> and the Redskins just won the Super Bowl. Very hard football episode 20,973.5 BA. What? John passed the John passed the pins. What? What did you say? What? I can't hear you. The Redskins won. What? Hold on, I gotta take my chair at all. Except by then it'll be. Except by then it'll be like, the Washington Native Americans won. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Everything you know. Off to the side that's happened this week with the horrible death of Sean Taylor. Um, this was <laughs> it. This game was just like the last three. Yeah, in, in, in many respects. Yeah, the last three, yeah. the last four. It ended in losses. It ended in blown fourth quarter leads. Uh. It ended in us playing not to lose instead of playing to win. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. First up on our uh, topic list tonight is the latest news about Sean Taylor. Um, the funeral was yesterday. Thousands of people in attendance. Um, I heard a little clip of LeVar Arend- Arrington who was there speaking. He was pretty broken up. Um, I heard Clinton Portis speak. Josh, you watched it, didn't you, or some of it? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was actually at home for uh, about an hour or so of it, and uh, I have it TV'd and everything. But basically, uh, I, I was actually here. I got to listen to Clinton Portis. I got to hear um, Lavar Arrington speak, which was it was kind of surprising. But I guess he said that you know Sean Taylor's father uh, handpicked you know who was going to speak at the uh, funeral, and and Lavar was asked to speak. Um, it, everybody, I mean, it was very heartfelt coming from everyone, and uh, you know, we could we could go into some of the things they said, but I mean, um, anybody that listens to Harry Hawk football knows that I'm a I'm an Arrington fan. I've been an Arrington supporter for a long time, but um, you know, he he had a lot of heartfelt things to say uh, regarding how Sean affected him and his career and how he's he's come to realize that you just don't take anything for granted. So it was uh, it, it was kind of cool to see that in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it was almost like he, he kind of reconciled with some of the players that are on the Redskins now during his speech with a couple things he said. Like maybe they, they, got, they, they ended on a, you know, 
when he left, maybe it ended on a bit of a bad relationship. And I think the the whole per- point of his speech was that he was saying that he realized, you know, that life was precious and that he was he he was sorry for you know maybe being a jerk at some time when he was on the Redskins or something. I don't know. There was a little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah. that in there. Yeah, there was a little of that, and there was a little of you know life's too short kind of message. Yeah, to, yeah. It was, you know, it was let's, very. Let's very move on, and, and he basically was like, "I love all you guys, and I'm sorry. Let's move on." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Not not to turn it into. It, it wasn't like it was. Hey, I'm Lavar. This is about me. It was definitely about Sean Taylor. It wasn't it was that about, at all. That's a good yeah. point to bring up, Josh. Yeah. Right. It was just about what uh, you know. Something like this causes people to think about things in a way that they they might not normally think about them. And uh, it really brings a lot of um, everyday things into perspective, and you start to realize, you know, there's there's more to life than this or that. And, yeah. uh, and anyway, we won't go on about it. But it was, it was yeah. very – it was cool to see him up there. And to me, on another side note, not to get off of Sean Taylor, but LeVar looked like he's bulked back up a little bit. Because um, I saw him a few months ago – and he just looked like a skinny rail. And, you know, of course he had a suit on, but his shoulders were looking broad, and he looked like he had, had you know, maybe he's been working out a little more. So. Maybe he had shoulder pads on, dude. That's true. Could could be the case. Dude, um, I hate to break this to you, but LeVar is probably, in all likelihood, not coming back to the Redskins. <laughs> I, I think LeVar's retired. I don't think he's going to play again. You don't think so, ever? Ever. I don't think he's going to come back at this point. Um, he does but, you know, moving on about the moving on about the Sean Taylor uh, the funeral service and eulogy and everything, there were a lot of players there that weren't on the Redskins. Um, a lot of players that not only played with Taylor at the University of Miami, uh, Florida, um, also people that played against him in the NFL. Chad Johnson was there, and he yeah. said that he said in an interview that uh, he and that that Sean Taylor and, and Seymour from the Patriots were the only two defensive players that actually put instilled fear in him on the playing field. He was like, he was only one of, of maybe, <laughs> maybe Richard Seymour is the other one is, is what he said that, that would have, always have his head on a swivel, you know? And he's like, I only played him in preseason, but uh, you know, he, he was like, he was, he was someone who you had to know where he was on the field. And he was, he was one of the best. Out yeah, I was, I was about to say, when did the Bengals play the Redskins since Sean Taylor's <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, that's what I said, too, when I saw him on TV. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, Frank Gore was there. Jeremy Shockey was there. Yeah. Um, Re- Reggie um, Wayne was there. Tons of players um, and, and people who were associated with the U down there in Florida and, um, you know, coaches that he had in the past. And, of course, his family and friends and, and folks of that nature. Um, I heard the Redskins' uh, contingent was something like 250 people. Mm-hmm. Massive. Like everyone in the whole organization is what I heard. Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, like probably like the secretary that there are the front desk ladies. Uh, you know, seven-year-old niece was probably manning the desk and the phones on Monday because I'm sure even that person was there because I, I I just have that kind of feeling. I mean, 250 is a lot of people. When you think about just how many players and coaches there are, and how you know. Subtract that from 250. What is that? Well um, over what? Well over another 150 of hey people dude. who are in the organization, and that's minus coaches, trainers, the locker room guys. You know everything. Mm-hmm. Also, a couple other things. Um, 
the tribute this weekend, the rumor about the uh, 10 players on the first defensive play, as reported on Harry Hog Football, ended up to be true. It and did. I, I kind of had mixed feelings about them doing that. At first I was like all for it, and then I was kind of like, well, if they give up a touchdown, then how does that really honor Sean Taylor? But they weren't gonna that's true, up. but they did. No way they were going to give up a touchdown. You know, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a classy thing to do and his tribute and a tribute to him. And, you know, I thought it was fine too, but I could see people's like, points you know, that didn't agree with it. It's kind of like, yeah, like Joe Gibson and the, uh, just didn't know about it. Yeah, that's it's another point like that we'll get to later, dude. Yeah. And they did that. They did the uh, moment of silence. They had a four-minute video before the game. Everyone wore the patch and the, and the decal on their head. And I heard there was going to be something down on the field, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I think that was all speculation. I was really surprised not to see something on, like, the 21-yard line or something of that nature. And they did have, you know, the stuff in the stadium, but I wonder yeah, if there had, was an NFL thing, a, a rule where they couldn't put stuff on the actual field or something. They handed out those towels to everyone and it had his name yeah, up in the ring of honor. Do you guys think yeah. they're going to retire number 21? I don't know. Do you I think, think they should? Retire the number? And I don't think they should, but I have a feeling we're going to see him up in the uh, the ring of fame um, probably at the beginning of next season. Yeah. On the way but over here, as I heard... As far as retiring it, I don't think we're going to see that. On the uh, way I mean, over here... It may be way... a while until somebody else wears it, you know? I was going to say, on the way over here, I was listening to the barbershop. Um, and that's uh-huh. uh, that's Tiki and uh, Ronde's show that they do. And um, <clears throat> they were talking about the Sean Taylor thing, and they said that the last time that an active player died, it was actually someone on the Detroit Lions. I don't remember like when it was. Ago. How long? 40. Like 40 years yeah. ago. And it, well, I don't know if it was that long ago. It was whenever Dick Butkus was playing. Yeah, like 40 years ago. <laughs> like active player during the season, yeah. Yeah, they said he was playing and he ran some route, and it was like an incomplete pass, and the dude like had a heart attack and then died. But died anyway, yeah. Well, he died like you know they came and got him off the field, and I guess they couldn't resuscitate him or whatever. But anyway, I don't remember his name or anything, but the uh, Lions did retire his number. Hmm. I think it'll be like the Redskins do with all these numbers. Is they won't like officially retire them; just no one will wear them. Yeah. For yeah, a while, maybe. I think I think this is going to be kind of like the number seventeen, where it's it's held out for very special individuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like still used, and we don't mean very, Dion. Very honored in the organization, like number thirty, Brian mm-hmm. Mitchell, and mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wore his number until Leron Landry came around. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying that he's a superstar or anything, but he probably will be. I thought Rock Cartwright wore it. Oh, he did. Rock Cartwright wear thirty? Oh no, he wore thirty. I thought he did. Anyway, that's Maybe. a trivia question for the week. But, you know, but they, yeah, there you go. That that's you know they're not going to give that number to to Daryl Pounds or anyone like that. Daryl Pounds. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's going to be a number that's going to be as as is usual in the Redskins locker room. Uh, the, uh, um, the head, the person that hands those numbers out. I think that you know it's it's going to be held out for someone special. Yeah, other news about Sean Taylor, you've probably heard that four people were arrested, I believe on, what, Friday? And charged with yeah. the murder of Sean Taylor, or what do they say? Unpremeditated murder? Which Unpremeditated I thought- death, um, um, robbery or burglary with a firearm. Um, 
the latest word that I've heard is that three of them are being held or were denied bail today on Tuesday. Um, rumors are that the 17-year-old is the one that did the shooting, but no one knows that for sure. And they, there are rumors also, um, speculation out there, that they are looking for a fifth suspect at this time. But there's been, there hasn't been anything else uh, really, really solid out there. So, you know, nothing really to speculate about for us. Interesting. I also heard that they had a couple of confessions, too. Yeah, yeah. A couple of, it sounds like a couple of them told on a couple of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I stand by what I put on the uh, website. Yeah. Do you want them? You want them to be lined up on the field and let every redskin get a lick on them? Yeah, every single one, every single redskin, and I'm talking about like the 250 and everyone else that works for the organization. And then when they're taking care of business, we are going to be able to get out there, the fans, and and take our licks on each each and every one of them, one shot. Well, be kind. Here, here's a here's a deal. What about like at the beach blitz? They just line them up for all the fans. Oh yeah, tour them around, tour them around for stuff like that. That'd be great. Anyway, it was it was very uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to say except that sucks, and I don't think that their age being seventeen has anything to do with it. When people are like, "Oh, they're so young," it's like when you're seventeen, you know the difference between shooting and killing someone and not. Yeah, exactly. And robbing their house and not, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It's like, don't feel sorry for them. They all had criminal records, and they all had. Uh, you know, they were all committing a criminal act. There's no excuse. And then also Shannon Sharp said, Shannon Sharp put it pretty well when he said, if you're going to rob someone's house and you don't think they're there, why do you need to bring a gun? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. I'm going to start getting really pissed off about this. Let's move on into the uh, Buffalo game. Oh, yeah, to make matters better. Let's move into the Buffalo yeah. game. Okay, we'll start with the good points. The defense kicked some butt. Defense was solid. Did they give up a touchdown? Nope. Nope, not a single touchdown in that game. They did give up five field goals, but a couple of them were after, what, uh, what an they interception? Where would they give the ball up at, like the 20, the 22, or something like that? Yeah, something you know like what? that. I figured out how we could win games. We don't even need our offense. Yeah, we just defense, need the defense on the field the whole time. No, the defense just needs to keep playing like they've been playing. And what they need to be working on all week long, every week, is nothing but blocking field goals. Field goal after field goal after field goal. If we can just just block the field goals, you know, we will shut out the other team. There you go. go. And, you know, we got help from uh, some ex-Redskins. Derek Dockery had a false start. Robert Royal had a a couple of penalties on there. He had a fumble. Derek Dockery looked like he He was uh, talking... He was talking some crap with uh, some folks. I think they were just having yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, I think that was just that was just football. I, don't think I was going to tell you, Aaron, that we should do a uh, an official Dockery report since it's the one time this season we could actually do it. Um. Okay. You know, like, hold on. What was the music? It was something like. And now the Dockery report. There you go. All right, Derek Dockery had at least one false start penalty. And, but the, I have to say, Derek Dockery, their offensive line was doing pretty well. Yeah, unlike our offensive line, which was leaking on the right side prodigiously mm-hmm. <laughs> for much of the game. It's looking really bad, and I really hope Randy Thomas can come back next week. I hope um, so. This week or next week? 
Actually, I'm sure he won't play again this week. He he was questionable last week, but they made him inactive. Really, at this point in the season, being five and seven, and Aaron, I know we talked about that there's still a mathematical chance, but you know, I'd rather they just shelve him for the rest of the year, so he doesn't get, get any other kind of injury. The way that they're playing right now, it's like it's it's almost at the playing for draft pick stage. If they could just play two first halves, yeah, the Redskins they can't finish. The coach keeps making bonehead decisions, and I'm not just talking about the two timeouts. I'm talking about conservative play calling at the end of the game. The guy can't even keep his eyes open at the end of the game because he's so nervous about plays happening. He's been like that the whole time. Dude's Gibbs is – I hate to say it because, you know, he's he's one of the best ever, the highest echelon of, of Redskins ever. Three Super Bowl wins, but, you know – Second time around, it's not cutting it. Well, it hasn't even come my, close uh, to cutting it. Let me tell you what Amy, my wife, let me tell you what she said. Because, you know, she's a she's a big Redskins fan, too. She's gotten so into the Redskins the past few years, it's it's ridiculous. But uh, Especially when they suck so bad. Yeah, from a, <laughs> Go ahead. From a, from a female perspective is what I said to her. And I, I told her I was going to actually, like, call her cell phone while we were recording this, but she, she asked me please not to. Um, <laughs> Do it. She's... What if I do it? What if I do it on? Yeah, you can do it. Uh, I I think she's putting her son to bed. Um, She just basically said, you know, because she said, who are you going to kick this week? And I said, I said, uh, well, since we're talking about it, I said Joe Gibbs. And and she said. Wait, hold on, dude. Hold on, dude. Josh, hold on. Hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's time for the Harry Hog Football Kicking the Balls Award. All right, now go for it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so anyway, she said, who are you going to kick? And I said, Joe Gibbs. And, and uh, she said, oh, come on now. She said, you know, she said he had a hard week too, just like everybody else. You know, everybody had a hard week, but the thing about it is is that uh, he's the guy that everybody's looking to. So, so essentially – Every everybody that's going through this thing with Sean Taylor losing Sean, going through all these personal issues, they're all looking to Coach Gibbs for leadership, and that's a lot of pressure and a lot, you know, a lot of compounded pressure that's put on him as coach. And she basically said, "So don't be too hard on." So, you know, I'm willing to give a, give him a pass just this week because of that. Um, I mean, he had a lot on him, and it's not just uh, like you said, John. Not just the two back to back timeouts. He should know about that. Um, he just seemed to me like he was distracted. I mean, anytime they showed him, and you know, uh, from from uh, the conservative play calling to he just you know he seemed like he was looking for uh, uh, some guidance and help from other other coaches, other people on the sideline whenever they showed him on the on the TV at least. Yeah, I'm willing to are give you the guy. Are you talking about last week's game? Or are you talking about the three and a half seasons that he's been back? <laughs> John's really got a point, good. man. All, yeah. all I'm saying is, is I'm willing to give him a pass this week. Next For one week, more week? Yeah, one more week. And if and if and if it doesn't change next week, then I'm there with you, John. Okay. But what I'm saying is, this week, you know, I'm willing to give it. I'm willing to give him a pass. Well, I'm yeah, I'm giving I'm giving my kick in the balls to Joe Gibbs, and um, basically, I'll give him the pass on the two timeouts thing. But there's no excusing running three running plays in a row when you only needed one first down to seal the game 
and Clinton Portis had not run what? I don't have the stats on me, but he ran like 52.0 yards of carry. Two yards of carry, and you're not going to get a first down. That's six yards trying to get a first down. Now, I agree with you there, but here's my question. Is Joe Gibbs calling those plays? Who's doing the play calling? We've talked about this before. Have they turned this over to Jason Campbell? Is it Al Saunders calling in the plays? Who's calling these plays? Because the thing about that is, when you when you see him running that, too, another thing I kept screaming at was, uh, you know, why are they sending Portis up the gut? Why are we sending him up the gut? Has he gotten anywhere when we've sent him up the gut for the past however many weeks? Hello? Answer? Well, dude. No. No. I mean, and, and it's the same thing like we talked about last week with uh, John. We were talking about it, you know. Run him off tackle. Run him around the end where he can actually turn a corner. He's got the speed. He, he can he can make the moves and do that. Why do we keep sending him up in the middle? He gets nowhere. And especially with the offensive line that he has in front of him, you know, that can't uh, can't make their blocks. I mean, they can't protect just, Campbell. And can't they can't protect Campbell? They can't seem to block where they're supposed to block. Um, and why are we doing that? So. Yeah, again, I can't let that all come back on Joe Gibbs. A, because we don't know who's calling the plays. He's responsible for the plays getting called. He can override. He can veto whatever yeah, he's, he's the one that, there. He's the one that says, I want this going on here. I mean, that was classic. But I damn guarantee Al Saunders didn't call five runs in a row at the end of that game, or however <laughs> many it was. I think it was five. The last five Redskins offensive plays were runs, I think. But I and, knew it. Aaron, I knew you it. You made a very good point as well, Aaron, earlier when we were talking about this. Um, how many times did the Redskins pass on first down in the second half? Maybe one. I don't know. Maybe once. But basically, as as you were saying to me earlier, it was like they were playing with three downs. Two or downs. Really two, because every time they would run it on first down, 2.0 yards of carry, you got second and third down and punt. Yeah. And not only that, dude, but here's the thing. If you did that for a whole second half, you know, even though it, most people do the run to open up the pass, right, and the run works somewhat, but their run didn't work at all, but they still did it so much that if they would have went to a play action there on first or second down when they needed that first, I'm sure people would have bit. Yeah, but you oh, know yeah. what? But, but John, you, um, you may have the stats on this. I mean, how many times did we go three and out in this game? I don't think it was a whole – Super load at times, was it? I don't know. It was more in the second half than the first. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that it was more than four times. Well, they started off the game passing on first down, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the Redskins only went eight for 17 on third down in this game. That's not very good. That's, That's not even 50%. Yeah. So. Okay. So my kick, who's your kick going to, John? Did you already say? It goes to Joe Gibbs as well. <laughs> so I there's mean, a unanimous kick for Joe Gibbs, and none of them are for the two timeouts. Unanimous kick, you know, but I am giving him the pass. Mine is a unanimous kick with a little asterisk beside it. So Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give him an asterisk because it was a tough week for everybody. But I didn't see really any difference in the way he coached this game than he's coached for the last three and a half years. Did you guys just say, did you guys just say you're giving an ass kick as well? <laughs> so you're getting him in the balls and that's pretty messed up man he did have a hard week and you guys are kicking him in the balls and the ass well i'll just go you know go for the grundle we'll just go right between all right well let's get off of kicks we're getting we're going long on this thing let's get to the game balls there was some good players some bright spots mainly in the first half on offense and the defense the whole game what do you guys got 
I got. I got. Uh, a... Oh, Josh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got to give a game ball to Chris Cooley because it was uh, cool. You know, Cooley. I think he had a big game. You know, he he is just as I don't know if he's just as happy, but he's certainly just as useful and and makes his assignments every time when he's got to sit there and block as just as often as he, as he does when you throw him the ball. And, uh, you know, he made some really nice catches. He put some yardage on the board. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, he just had a, he had a, he had a good game. And, um, you know, it's tough though. You want to give a lot of game balls. I, I, uh, just second, second to that, I got to say that I am happy with what the Redskins have done in choosing some, a second line of, of receiving core. Um, I think that uh, that Rache Caldwell and uh, I knew you were going to bring Cardell, that. You're you're a big headlights fan. Yeah, no, I'm saying. I mean, I think that they played really well. And yeah, I think you know, I agree. Especially McCardell, man. McCardell, yeah, but, he only but, had but two receptions for 14 yards, but he, I mean, he's he's turned into a third down threat. Totally. And and Rache Caldwell, it was, it was good to see him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, making some catches and doing his thing, and uh, it, it's nice to know because. Yep, Santana Moss. It was great to see him back. You know, but we got Randall L. out. James Thrash is out. Um, you know, uh, I, I would say we're missing Brandon Lloyd, but, you know, I almost forgot that we had him on the team on IR. Who? Um, but, but, you know, we got those three guys that are out, and then these guys are ba- basically the, you know, what are they, like fifth in the line for, for wide receivers? Fifth, sixth, or something? I mean, who knows? Um, and I just think they're stepping in and doing a nice job, especially – uh, making connections from Jason Campbell. He's not used to throwing to them. They're not getting a lot of time to run the routes. I mean, um, you know, the timing is a key thing there, and, and, and everybody seemed to be hooking up pretty good. Santana Moss had a huge game, dudes. He was going up high and pulling at some in that were behind him and over his head and putting up that 2-1 symbol when he stood up. Yeah, a couple uh-huh. of the guys were doing that. Yeah, he had a really big game. Um. Who are you giving your game ball to, John? We need to get this thing moving. Yeah, who am I going to give my game ball to? Let's see. Um, uh, it's 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 going to have to be someone on the receiving core. And and since Josh already said Cooley, not that we have any rule against repeating Joe Gibbs, but uh, Santana Moss really stepped up, and I'm I'm hoping that we see the Santana Moss for the rest of the year. Um, he did. He was second with five catches, sixty three yards, um, a couple of really big. Uh, drive sustaining catches, um, and honestly, I don't know what happened in the second half. The timing was really off. I don't know if that was Moss or Cooley or the receiving core, or if it was Campbell. I don't know what's going on with that. But I thought Moss stepped up pretty well, um, you know, considering everything. So I guess I'm gonna have to. I guess I'm gonna have to give him. No, you know what? Scratch that. I thought he had a good game, and I'm going to give mine to Rock Cartwright for the second time this year because he was he was just bulldozing. He was powering through five kick returns, 134 yards. Rock Cartwright, he's the new he's the new number 30. Really, he's the new uh, Brian Mitchell, yeah. as I mean, we've been uh, saying. Well, I'm going to give him last week, right? You did before, and I gave him one a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's. He's doing everything he can to put the Redskins in a good position offensively, and and you know he could break a few more. Turn. 
Yeah, we could. Touchdown every time he touches it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give my game ball, like Josh, to Chris Cooley, but I'm giving it to him because of two plays where he caught it a little bit short of the first down and just fought to get that first down yardage. Dude, yeah, the announcers are talking about that, how he is such a hard person to bring down. Like, he fights. He, he's he, he's not someone that's going to duck out of bounds. He fights, right. and he was really, you know, a lot of the Redskins are really ready to hit people. We saw Clinton Portis blow up some lineman on one of the first plays of the game on a block. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Chris Cooley, especially this game, he, he's going to hit people. That game I mean, against the was... Patriots, he scored the only touchdown, and he got hit, I think, at the four, and he battled for that touchdown. So Yeah. And, I mean, there was one yeah. point he had, like, three guys on him trying to make a first down, and he just dragged them on with him. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. Anyway, dudes, we're going to go to break here for a second, and when we come back, we will talk about a little bit more about the Buffalo game. i got a few things to say, and then we will talk about the upcoming game with the Bears. And anyway. Okay, who let a fluffy? Fluffies. It's mighty smelly in here. Zorak, did you let a fluffy? What are you talking about? Come on, you know what fluffies are. Is that like a pootie? What's a pootie? <laughs> you pootie. know, pootie. Pootie. No, I don't think so. I swear somebody let a fluffy. What? Anyway. What was that? I blame that on Josh. What, what was that, dude? Dude, Josh, what do you have for dinner? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you have those Dotino's party rolls, rolls, party pizzas? What? Anyway. I think someone had some of those Dotino's pizza rolls. I think that was Josh. Fluffies. <laughs> Dudes, anyway, um, now that we're back, I got one other thing to say about this Bills game before we move forward, because this podcast is getting long. Um, here it is. That's what she said. The Bills. We've got a huge problem the last couple of weeks that we have not mentioned, I don't think. And what is up with the red zone offense? We're moving the ball up and down the field, and we get there inside the 10, I think, three times against the Bills, and we didn't punch it in. What is up? Is it the play calls? Uh, I think part of it's the offensive line. They can't punch it in. We don't have Mike Sellers right now. Um, that makes a big difference. Although when he has been in there, we've also had trouble with it. Uh, Joe Gibbs is afraid of the play action in the red zone. Um how many fades have you seen him run? Like the only pass they have down inside the ten yard line is that one to Cooley coming across the the middle, like you know, from the right to left and hitting them in that edge of the end zone. Yeah, why, why can't we send Jason... someone across the back of the end zone? Um, yeah. I don't think we have anyone big enough to throw a fade to. Well, that, well, I was going to say I'm starting to worry that Jason Campbell can't throw a fade. Like every time the ball comes out of his hands, it's like a million miles an hour, and yeah. it's like. It's like so tough. He throws a fade, and it's like in the stands. Anyway, we got to get that fixed. A little bit because I am a big Jason Campbell fan. I thought, and I thought this really came out um, when he stepped up to the podium last week at Redskin Park and tried to be the quarterback, the leader of the team, um, you know, the face of the team when he went to the podium to speak after Sean Taylor's um, after Sean Taylor was was murdered. And he got a few sentences into what he was trying to say, and he sounded just like his normal self, and then he just had to quit. Yeah. And he hung his head, just hung his head. He's a young guy. You know, he does need to start stepping up and making better choices. I thought that this hit him a lot harder than a lot of other players. 
yeah. um, mm-hmm. as the leader of the team, as being such a young young person. Yeah. Um, he's made, you know, he's made a couple of those bonehead uh, interceptions a couple of weeks ago, like two weeks ago and three weeks ago, late in the games, um, and that he has to fix that, and we all know that. I think the pressure on him was really, really high, and the more I've been thinking about it, I mentioned it earlier, the more I've been thinking about it, I think that the timing and the routes and everything, a lot, I think a lot of that was on him. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to step up a little bit better against the Bears. I, I think he's trying to do an awful lot for a young man who doesn't have that kind of experience. Uh, and, you know, how many people have experience of someone on their team being murdered or a close friend or anything like that? But, you know, I, I think an older, more seasoned, more maybe worldly maybe quarterback would maybe have been able to handle that game better. Um, I think I think it was a lot tougher for him than most, and I think it was a lot tougher him, for him than most people realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah. you, know, and, you know, like I said, I, I've been a big Campbell fan ever since they got him, um, ever since, mm-hmm. you know, he had that undefeated season at Auburn, and somehow they got shafted out of the national championship. Um, you know, I, so I, I, I'm going to give him a break on that because I think he, he used He's really trying to step up and be the man, and and yeah. it's it's still kind of tough for him. He's not quite there yet, but he I tried. Agree. Yep. And you know, it won't be too long until he's doing his own Campbell's chunky. No, 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 chunky Koo soup commercial. Man. Oh, oh wait, like, a wait a minute, wait a minute. That's like being on the Madden cover. Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Never want to be on Although the Madden he is, cover. He is the namesake. He is the namesake. Maybe he's the guy to break the curse. His name is know. Campbell. Maybe that's why, because those people's names were not Campbell. Anyway, moving on, the Bears, we're going to go in with one day of practice to play against the Bears. At least it's in Washington. Um, a, lot of peop- a lot of people were talking about around the league that the, the league should move the game to Sunday and pretty much just screw this whole deal with the NFL Network for one week. And uh, they, they are same. The yeah, they did. The yeah, they did not move the game. It is on Thursday night at I believe eight what eight o'clock eight thirty somewhere in there, and uh, Dude, the Redskins get the NFL Network. I don't get that stuff. Well, anyway, the Redskins I'm, I'm the Redskins um, went to of course went to Florida yesterday. Flew back today. That means they'll have what practice tomorrow. Yep. And from what I heard on they the barbershop, it'll basically basically be them in like shorts and no helmets or pads or anything. Yeah, yeah. So we got to go in one game, one day of practice after losing the game, losing Sean Taylor, um, losing a heartbreaker too. We must add one point, and uh, after leading the whole entire game, Um, and then they got to play the Bears to uh, on Thursday night. Who lost at the last second to the Giants? Mm -hmm. By the way, guess who's going to be guess who's going to be benched for the Bears? Archuleta? Benched? Yeah, benched. $5 million white turtleneck, man? (laughs) I wonder if he and... Archuleta's going to be... He's going to be on the bench, man. Brandon McGowan is going to be playing uh, at strong safety. And Archuleta is going to be sitting on the bench watching. Once again, John, the tide might have turned. The tide might have turned for those ex-Redskins that come back and kick our butts. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it makes me feel good to know that he didn't go to the Bears and become an all-pro safety again. 
Well, you know, I mean, I mean, Again, with the Bears, he he had a three-year, eight point one million dollar deal with the Bears. He still does. Well, he still does. Those Chris and, and here's what here's a quote. There's a quote, and, and I won't harp on Adam Archuleta, but here's a quote he said back in uh, March when uh, he was talking about looking forward to this game against the Redskins. He said, "I'm looking forward," and this is a quote. I quote, "I'm looking forward to the fans of Washington." They can actually see what I'm capable of doing and also letting them see what I could have been doing in a Redskins uniform. Sitting on well, the guess bench. What, dude? <laughs> guess what, dude? We're seeing exactly what you were doing in a Redskins uniform. And you're doing the same thing as all the fans. Sitting on the bench. <laughs> the, only so difference they... is we're, the only difference is the fans are allowed to have beer and hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and you might have a slightly better view of the field from down there. Maybe $5 not. Beer. The bigger difference is is that by him sitting on the bench with his contract, he can afford the $9 beer and $20 hot dogs. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's time for, uh, guess what it's time for? I didn't get any answers for Tom's trivia, but guess it's time to call him. Should we call him? Is it too late? You think it's too late to call have like kids and stuff. Did you let him know that we were going to be calling? No. Tom, we need to connect this week. We're not going to call you since you have like four kids or whatever this late in the night. But we will connect this week via email and get this stuff straightened out because we do want to have you on the show. We're like, Tom's going to be on the show every week and then we either forget to call him, don't call him, or it's too late to call him. But Tom? Well, the past, in the past two weeks has been kind of like, you know, with with the whole Sean Taylor thing, everything's kind of been thrown out of whack and everything else. But, um, you know, we do need to get back. Because we, we did have a trivia question that I don't know if we had answered, right? The uh, the trivia question from last week, wasn't that the, uh, the Tampa Bay question? We had the question about the Jets and the Redskins game and that score, like that low score. No, and, then we, and, and then we had the Redskins have played at Tampa Bay four times in the past three seasons. Once mm-hmm. during the playoffs. Three times during the regular season. What is the Redskins' record when playing Tampa Bay at FedEx Field? What was the score in these games? That's the question. Uh, and that, that dates back two episodes ago. But we just, uh, you know, like it's been a past, the past few weeks, like we said, it's been really strange. And we're going to get hooked up with Tom. We really want to get Tom on every week to do the trivia question. So please write us in the answer to Tom at HarryHogFootball.com. Yeah, and H-A-R-R-Y, hogfootball.com. And, and uh, let us know, you know what the answer to that is. Or you can give us a ring at 202-657-4245. That's 202-657-HAIL, H-A-I-L. Um, yeah, and uh, with that being said, uh, oh, what do we have here, dude? Um, this, the uh, Hall of Fame nominees was other news. This week, that's right. That's right. The, uh, the the group of I think it's 150 or so was whittled down to 26 last week, um, and includes no less than four um, super duper classic Redskins. Um, we can't really count Andre Reed as a Redskin because um, he only played there for in Washington for one year, and really he didn't really do anything. Um, but he's on the list too. I, I, I yeah, whatever. Um, but we got Art Monk, of course, Daryl Green, who is the only one of two uh, first-year nominees to make it this far, along with Chris Carter. 
Um, and two linemen from the Hawks, Jacoby and – yep, Big Butt Carter. Jacoby and Russ Grimm. Um, Joe Jacoby and Russ Grimm out there. Uh, as we know, Grimm has been making it pretty far lately. Monk has been almost there every time. Guys, what do you think? Um, I know in January they whittled it down a little bit more, and then the vote is on February 2nd or 3rd this year, I believe, something like that. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up and find that out for next week. I think at this point with, you know, statistically speaking with four Redskins out of what, 26, right? So we've got a, uh, a one in 6.333% chance or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> to get one of them, I think it would be awesome if like at least two of them get in at the same time. And I'm thinking it's going to probably be Monk and Green. Cause I, I think, think I, I think another year it would be cool to see Jacoby and Grimm get in at the same time. Yeah. I think Green has a really, really good shot of getting in. And I think Monk's biggest competition is going to be Andre. I didn't win a Super Bowl read. And Chris, I used my big butt to push off people. Carter, um, and he didn't win a Super Bowl either. So Monk might just have it. It it might be the year to get Monk in, even if those those dumbasses like that guy in Houston don't vote for him. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be enough this year. Speaking um, of, if, Aaron, Aaron, you promised you would get that uh, that list. Did you get that? Uh, dude, I was preoccupied with the events of the week. <laughs> but I'll get, we'll get it up by the next I'll podcast. get that list this week. Anyway, dudes, we've got some um, – before we uh, close this out, I wanted to say at the end of this podcast, I'm going to put up uh, – we got a bunch of uh, voicemails of people expressing their thoughts about Sean Taylor, and I'm going to put those up in their entirety – at the end of this podcast, which is going to make it extend about 10 extra minutes. But anyway, those will be there for people that want to hear those, um, Harry Hog listeners. And with that being thank said... thank you for calling in with those, actually. Thank yeah, you for yeah, calling in thanks everybody for calling in. Yeah. And, and with that being said, John, is it time? I think it's time for... This week's random Redskin of the Week went to Georgia Southern University. He was a defensive end for the Washington Redskins from 1989 to 1992. He is Fred Stokes. Excellent, dude. Excellent. Congratulations to Fred Stokes. He's so stoked. Anyway, dudes. That's about wrapping it up. Stay tuned to hear the uh, calls from all the listeners about uh, Sean Taylor. And we'll see you this weekend, hopefully, with a a win against Chicago. And uh, keep the faith, brothers. Keep the faith. And as always, hail to the Redskins. And if you see a Cowboys fan, Joker! Joker! What's going on, guys? This is Alex here in D.C. I want to give a uh, heartful prayer and thoughts to Sean Taylor and his family. Um, I'm devastated by this loss. Uh, um, I'm I'm lost with words, but all I can hope and pray is that his family and daughter and girlfriend all are safe and are able to cope with this in the best way possible. Uh, so hail to 
the Washington Redskins and hail to Sean Taylor. May he rest in peace. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, Hawktown Beasles. Um, just wanted to check in with you guys. Um, and I know you'll probably be airing something soon about Sean. Um, I'm sort of shocked about the whole thing, and uh, I know we're all going to really miss watching him crack people's heads open, man. Um, uh, if you need uh, to, to give me a call, um, give me a call. To talk. I'd love to say a few words if you want me to. Um, other than that, um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm moved by the whole situation, and my prayers are just going out to his family right now. And uh, if there's anything that I can do here, um, just let me know. Um, um, as always, just call 25, and I'll have my mobile on me. Bless you guys. I hope you all have a great day. Bye-bye. Yo, yo, yo. Aaron, up. It's JD checking in from the Phoenix chapter out here in Arizona. Just wanted to say it's rather devastating news, and, you know, we're all trying to deal with this. And, you know, just giving you guys a call, that would be very therapeutic. So, anyway, my favorite Sean Taylor memory is blowing up Patrick Creighton in that Monday night football game. Absolutely ridiculous play. In fact, I, I kept it on my DVR for about two years, and the reason why was because I have two sisters that are Dallas fans, and basically, I don't care when they came here, you know, it could be in the middle of June, but, um, you know, we'd be doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, I'd just put it on in the background and be like, oh, oh, what's this? And start it from about the first touchdown pass to Moss there, and they'd look at the screen and they'd look at me and they'd say F you and I'd turn to them and I'd say you know what F you right back so uh, what a fantastic game hey guys this is um, Shane Prince also known as Rockfellas 3145 on the, on the forums and um, I just want to say a little something about Sean Taylor um, I started becoming a Skins fan about the first year when Spurrier came in that's when I really started getting into football so I watched Sean Taylor my whole entire time that he played. I remember the rookie year where he wore 36. And the marquee I played, I remember from that, is when he stripped T.O. of the ball inside the 10 against the Eagles that Monday night game. I'll never forget that because that's when he really started to stand out because I didn't watch college football too much. So I really didn't know all that much about him except he was a high pick, highly regarded. But from then on, he just got better. And then I remember his second year, second game of the year when they played the Cowboys and they beat them 14-13 and he stopped I believe Patrick Creighton on that fourth down and jarred the ball loose and then for the rest of the year he just showed that he was one of the best safeties in the league had his troubles off the field but he showed that he was great especially against the Eagles the last game of that year where he picked up the ball returned it for a touchdown and then the very next week in the playoffs against the Bucks. and just every year from then on out Every game that I watched, because I watched every game, he just got better and better and proved to me that you could rely on him, you could take him for granted, and he was by far the best player on the Redskins. And he gave what I liked about him, was he was my favorite player, gave 110% on every play, never never took a playoff. You could even watch the Patriots game, he was still flying around the ball. I even heard from one Fletcher that, he was still trying to get the guys pumped up, even when they were down by 40-some. So I just showed the kind of heart he had. 
And last Monday when I found out about the incident, I was in class. And I had gone on Yahoo.com, and that was one of the highest news stories going on in the day. And it shocked me. It's because I figured that he had gone out to the club or whatever, but nah, he was at his home. Just all with his girlfriend and his daughter, not bothering anybody. But I figured he was at a club, so I was a little bit heated, but then I found out he was at his home. What, what would be the reason? So I checked out all the news sources, and I couldn't believe it was true, man. And then as the, as the near the night and we heard the good news, I felt good. Went to sleep and woke up in the morning, and then I got the devastating news. Um, I never thought I'd be this emotional about something like this. I mean, athletes die all the time. You got Darren Williams. You got Damian Nash from the Broncos. But th this one affected me big time, man. I don't know why. I got real emotional about it. And I thank every, everybody in the D.C. fan base. Because everybody loves Sean. No, nobody would ever talk bad about Sean. Because they just know he would show up on Sunday, provide his best, and he loved the thing. He even said that. So, I'm not really worried about the rest of the season. This is, I'm more focused on Sean. And I've never said that about the Skins, because I love the Skins, but this is just taking a toll on myself and all, a whole bunch of Redskins fans. So I want to say thanks, Sean, for all the great memories. You're the greatest I've ever seen play. And no, no other can replace you. And thanks for all the memories. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This podcast has been easily made with the trial version of Ubercaster, the all-in-one podcasting solution for the Macintosh. Check it out at www.ubercaster.com.